0: I think I can sum up the show for you with one word,
1: nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting, Mike
0: Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis. He's the whiz, and nobody beats him. This
1: is the wrestling podcast about nothing. On the New Age Insider's Wrestling Network.
2: Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing episode 84, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio so we had a different different podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully, they said, we think it may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an did hiatus from the ring. And joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object, the gobbledy kingpin, Brian Malones. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm good. How was your Thanksgiving? Delicious. It was.
1: <laughs> I can echo that sentiment. <laughs> oh boy, the diet's gone. You're <laughs> off the rails
2: for one day only. For one day only, it was. Welcome, uh, welcome
1: back to the land of misery. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was. A, it was a rough day. We got through
1: though. <laughs> yeah, I, I need you back on the uh, self Loathing Trail with me.
2: No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm. I'm right back on. Right or or off. Is my on the bandwagon or off the bandwagon? I don't know.
1: I don't know either. I'll try not to leave like a candy bar or something out where you can reach it.
2: No, I don't (laughs) want to relapse. That would be a bad scene. Kingpin, I was all over the place on Thanksgiving, before Thanksgiving. uh, I was on a number of podcasts, two to be exact. Oh, two. (laughs) I was on For the Pops on N.I.I. Pop with Jamie J. Mikowski and Scotty Slade. Okay. Two weeks ago, I was the new... For the Pops Pop Quiz Champion, and this past Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, a new episode dropped. I was on as well, again, with Matt Spectro.
1: They're really struggling for guests over there, huh?
2: Don't call him Tarzan. Oh, come on, Brian. And we competed again, so see what happens this time in the For the Pops Pop Quiz. But we talk about uh, holiday stuff, Survivor Series, we talk about holiday movies and traditions,
1: all that over there on For the Pops. You mean Christmas (laughs) month? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. All the <of> holidays. Thanksgiving, <laughs> Christmas, Kwanzaa, all the whole gamut. I, I just
1: want to put out there right now. Okay. You can say anything to me. If somebody sent to me and said, I don't celebrate Hanukkah, but they said happy Hanukkah, I'd be like, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for your well wishes. Think about that this holiday season.
2: <laughs> Think about that, folks.
1: Deep yeah. thoughts. Yeah. If whatever Whatever anybody wishes you. I don't care what they... If somebody gives me well wishes of any kind, I'm, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm not going to get offended by it.
2: So you are kind of happy-go-lucky. You're not as miserable as you uh, give off.
1: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this, uh, as this progresses.
2: All right, so happy Hanukkah, Brian. Thank uh, you very much, Michael. <laughs> you're welcome. Also, it was on the Pop Culture Cosmos with Gerald Glassford. I've been on like the past three episodes. Wow. You believe it?
1: Another guy struggling for guests.
2: Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald's a fine gentleman. Have
1: the, have the podcast guests of the world dried up here? Like pretty soon, you're going to be on like Cult Cabana's podcast or no, that's not Stone happening. Cold's? Or that's never going to happen, Brian.
2: <laughs> but yeah, Pop Culture Cosmos, you can uh, look them up on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you get your podcasts, find the Pop Culture Cosmos. Gerald Glassford, always, uh, he's had us on a number of times, and I guess he's just cut you
1: out of the picture, and now he
2: just has me on, so...
1: I'm out of his price range these days.
2: (laughs) I guess so. And uh, also, we're on our own feed. Brian, if you're listening on Monday on the New Age Insider, I was Wrestling on my own Network, feed
1: on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of feeding going on, but
2: uh, make sure you check out the Thursday episodes we do on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing feed. We talk about the best of, the worst of, anything in between this past week. Actually, Usu- we talked about usually
1: the worst of, yeah, usually. <laughs> usually
2: but uh, we actually talked about NXT Takeover War Games last Thursday, so make sure you check that episode out. But as for this podcast today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network, we've got your promo about nothing coming up and a whole lot more but first brian we love wrestling right Uh,
1: depends on the day (laughs) okay
2: well i mean we've been around it most i I love pro wrestling there you go we've been around in most of our childhoods and all of our adult lives probably just about all of your childhood right
1: yeah i mean yeah i I don't remember not wrestling not being like a Important part of my life, so
2: yeah, I came along a little later, but yes, most of our lives we've been. (laughs) That's the story of your
1: life. A little behind (laughs) on everything.
2: I mean, we love wrestling, but we don't love everything about it at the same time. Is that the case?
1: Oh, that's very fair statement to make.
2: So, in this episode, let's celebrate the things we love about the pro wrestling business, Brian, and in the interest of equal time
1: and the fact that our audience loves <laughs> negativity <laughs> we <did it>. yeah. <laughs> we'll
2: delve a little bit into some of the things we could live without so it's kind of like our thursday episodes as you're just mentioning it's kind of the best of and the worst of all in one yeah so here we go let's play a little love it or lose it we're gonna talk about things we love and things that we could stand to lose from the pro wrestling deal right right why don't you kick us off here what do you love or actually, do you, you want to talk about something that you no, don't let's necessarily No, let's love? kick it
1: off with love, Mike. Let's <laughs> kick it off with positivity. Okay, good. <laughs> so I love, Mike, about pro wrestling, the 1980s. You had to know I was going to go somewhat here at okay. some point. You probably thought I was just going to say Hulk Hogan. but You are wearing your Tearaway
2: Hulkamania t-shirt.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. It's going to come off in a minute here. Oh, oh thank goodness. But, but it's the era that inspired me. It's what made me fall in love with professional wrestling. It's what really has... Uh, Sadly or not so sadly (laughs) Defined my (laughs) Many of my adult pursuits (laughs) In life It was the Hulkamania era Watching Hogan and Piper, Hogan and Andre Saturday night's main event Primetime wrestling Saturday morning superstars and challenge This era of professional wrestling Macho man Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat The honky tonk man Demolition This is what made me fall in love with professional wrestling my son, who's not quite two yet, has become very obsessed with professional wrestling. Oh, No, and I have gone back now, and that's to professional wrestling. I show him. It's from the '80s. I, 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 I eventually he's a big fan of Hulk Hogan. Uh, he's a big fan of the Macho man. This is the stuff I'm introducing him to. and, and, and
2: boy, is he going to be disappointed
1: <laughs> 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 Yes, but yeah, that's for me, it gives me that warm, that warm, fuzzy feeling in my belly.
2: Well, if you had to pick a favorite wrestler, and Hulk Hogan was off the table from the 80s, who would be your
1: second favorite? Randy Savage.
2: Okay, third favorite. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, can, I, can I go with Demolition? I mean, it's a okay. tag team, but...
2: Sure. Uh, with the 80s. The 80s, for me, I came in at the late 80s. I started really becoming obsessed in 88 with WrestleMania four. so I, I guess I came in the tail end, but I love the 80s i may mean, have talked a lot about recently since it's survivor series time just the old survivor series matches the pay-per-views which were all five on five teams of five strive to survive that was a great thing wrestlemania 4 is the thing that got me hooked the tape that i wore out it was constantly being played i can recite things <laughs> from that show uh just amazing the hulk hogan uh, versus Andre the Giant, the first match of round two of the tournament. It didn't really go too well for our boy Hulkster, but he, <laughs> but he ended up taking the spotlight in the end anyway, right, from from Randy
1: Savage. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I guess.
2: But I can't, like I said, it came in a little later in the 80s, but I can see where you're coming from.
1: It's, it's amazing our age difference and the fact that I've been watching wrestling longer than you. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's not even a shot of your age. Like, we have... What do, what do we have five or six years difference in, in between us here mm-hmm. yeah so I mean that which is when you think about stuff that you're exposed to as a child that's a pretty wide gap you know? yeah
2: Saturday mornings like you said superstars and challenge that's where you got your wrestling from Monday nights was like a wasn't even a thought yet I mean they had primetime wrestling yeah but it wasn't it was old matches. 20-minute-long headlock fests from the Maple Leaf
1: Gardens. (laughs) Which, I mean, Mike, this is a perfect segue, if if you allow me uh, to indulge here, into a thing I hate about professional wrestling, and that's lack of Saturday morning wrestling. I know you can't put the genie back into the bottle, but I, I think with the times that Raw and SmackDown come on, the content is pretty clean at this point. They don't go super edgy on anything, but if professional wrestling wasn't on, I mean, part of my love of professional wrestlings was that Saturday morning routine of Saturday morning cartoons followed by Saturday morning wrestling. And for a child, you know, which is what wrestling is largely targeted towards, that's you know, that's when you can watch stuff. That's when you know it's tough for a child to watch from eight to eleven on a Monday night. And I know we live in the era of the DVR and cool. and all that, but. I don't know I think I think why is the wrestling audience shrunk a little bit is because maybe you're not getting these kids right from the start and and for me growing up and watching wrestling on Saturday mornings and having those professional wrestling programs was very much a part of my Saturday morning routine which very much made me stay in love with professional wrestling it was at a time that I was allowed to stay stay up and watch obviously because it's in the morning on a Saturday and I'm off from school I think I think there's an enormous market that WWE misses out on there, of having some sort of syndicated Saturday morning program catered towards children. Now it doesn't have to be the some of the hokey attempts. Like I know they did like the Raw AM at, at some point. Like
2: well, I was going to mention the I think it's Saturday morning Slam, which was yeah. on the CW like a few years back. They yeah. made a, made a go
1: at it. Yeah, but just have some matches, some just. Solid matches make it an hour-long program and something different than what you're presenting on on Monday nights. And yeah, I, th- I think I think wrestling misses something like that—some sort of syndicated programming on Saturday mornings.
2: Yeah, it's it's tough. I remember after Superstars and Challenge, where we are we're living in the Boston area, was American Gladiators. So <laughs> yes. it just kept on rolling. Yeah, into if, the if, afternoon.
1: If I were say to start my own promotion and I were to get TV like locally. I would absolutely shoot for a Saturday morning time slot to try to get kids to watch the wrestling program. Yeah, good luck. I don't think they're giving up their Saturday morning time slots. They got their <laughs> infomercials. <laughs> I'm, hypothetically. It's a hypothetical right. situation, Mike. I'm not starting a wrestling promotion. <laughs> sure. a, a Positive. <laughs> you really want
2: to make some money? Come
1: on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, okay, Brian. I'll start with something that I love then. You talked about something you love. You talked about something you could stand to lose. How about... Just in general, we're going all over the place with this thing, this love and hate stuff. There were no restrictions put on us. We could say anything here, right? Absolutely. So just in general, the promos and the personalities in pro wrestling, that's what brings you in. That's what makes it different from just watching like an amateur wrestling match. That's the pomp and circumstance behind wrestling. That's what drew me in at WrestleMania 4. That's what continues to draw me in. I mean, just two guys out there in black trunks just tussling around doesn't get me excited. Yeah. Contrary to proper belief. But (laughs) it's just the promos. Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair. Uh, I'll talk talk about someone from the North, too. Randy Savage. Uh, But... The personalities, like Randy Savage, the Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, all these guys that just larger than life, that suck you in, and there's still that today. The scripting of the promos might be something that I don't quite love, might be something that I could stand to lose, the tight scripting that really uh, restricts people from being themselves, from exploring, from being creative, but just in general the the personalities of pro wrestling that's what sucked me in and that's what continues to get me into professional wrestling
1: yeah same here that that is what absolutely that's absolutely why i fell in love with it i mean these guys are superheroes hulk hogan savage piper andre these are not people you see walking down the street and they didn't have hokey gimmicks it doesn't have to be duke the dumpster drossy or something <laughs> like that like these guys you know, they didn't have these other jobs that were. I don't. I don't know when, what era of professional wrestling that started to happen, but they were just larger than life personality. They if they walked into a room, they'd be people who you would immediately wonder who they are and what they did and where they're from and the promos, the everything, the big production. That's what I fell in love with with professional wrestling too. That's what uh, you know. I, I know people like Mike Mills hate the North and they hate the WWF entertainment value, but that's the wrestling. That I fell in love with, like I, as a kid, I, 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 you know, would gladly choose Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan over Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat as a kid. You know, that's just, uh, you know, and I, and I, and I feel like most children would be. The same way, and that's what the '80s WWE or whatever, and that era of wrestling that we fall in love with, that's what it was geared towards. It was geared towards these guys that you look at, and as a kid, you're just like, "Oh my god, this is, this, is, this guy's a superhero." Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan was a living, breathing superhero. <laughs> you know, Randy Savage, a living, breathing superhero or supervillain, depending on the era. You know, that's absolutely. I'm right there with you.
2: Now, has that changed in the modern day? Is is it less? personality i mean i talked about the scripted promos that's not quite what it once was uh has that changed in modern day wrestling
1: <sighs> i mean people are in love with moves these days the critics everybody's a critic now everybody is smart to the business you know uh but to me uh, there's nothing better than i love yeah, and this is not officially on my list but I love when the internet gets mad and they legitimately get worked on something, and they're feeling the emotion that the WWE or whoever intended them to feel, and they're all upset about it. And it's like, like a heel wins. Like I think about the James Ell- Ellsworth thing when James Ellsworth helped Carmella win the women's ladder match or whatever, yeah. and everybody's angry about it. And it's like, well, it's good. That's what you're supposed to feel. He cheated. Like that type of stuff, and that, but that, yeah, I think I think it's lost a little bit today. You know, I think it's the scripted promos are just. I think that's just stifles creativity. You know, I think that. I mean, even look at like John. I mean, John Cena clearly does his own thing. The Rock clearly does his own thing. But that's that's on WWE a little bit to trust guys to go out there and just do it. Or it's also on the guys a little bit too to throw caution to the wind and be like, all right, I'm gonna do my I'm gonna do my thing and ask for
2: it, forgiveness not permission
1: yeah to an extent yeah or or just have the courage to like not go off script but try delivering a little different try doing something a little different put right? in your own words yeah uh, i think that's up to the guys a little bit too
2: do you think that i mean we're looking at this through adult eyes you see the kids today like, loving John Cena, loving Roman Reigns, loving Bailey. Do you think it's just because we're these cynical adults now that we think everything's changed? But maybe it's, maybe it's the same. Maybe they see John Cena the same way we saw Hulk Hogan as kids.
1: Well, I, I don't think children have changed, but I think the way adults watch wrestling has changed. I mean, if you watch wrestling from the 80s, there are grown men losing their minds over hulk hogan and like (laughs) maybe okay it it really really was and nobody was worried about man he didn't really work that headlock properly (laughs) it was the people just getting uh caught up in the emotion of it and you know it's 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 come wrestling's come to a good spot but a weird spot where there's a different sort of emotional connection now you know um, that people have to it and it's like i don't know i think of like when i think about like the the guys hugging after every match type thing like it's so weird to me <laughs> but but that there's like that level of emotional connection now rather than like the emotional connection of of you to a to a character I, I think i think it was it was either pritchard or shivani and one of them too that talked about professional wrestling is the only like form of entertainment where somebody plays a role that the people just automatically assume or attach like they can't disassociate hulk hogan from terry bolea type thing it's 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 the same as if you attributed everything han solo did to harrison ford and harrison ford was just han solo to you it's the same exact thing it's maybe it's because these guys play the same role 365 days a year you know year after year after year after year but uh you know there's you don't see them play other roles either so like harrison ford was han solo and he was indiana jones you know amongst yeah thousands of other movies he was in
2: and part of it is backstage people call each other like by their <laughs> by their wrestling names people <laughs> yeah. think that backstage like uh, people are like hey mark M- mark calloway come on over here no no, people call hey taker what's up yeah it's just that's the way it is and it's <laughs> it, the way it bleeds backstage It that's part of it
1: yeah yeah, but part of it's also the blurring of the line too, right? For the fans, and and as much as people think they're smart to it, as much as people think they're on the in and in the know, you're still getting worked, and that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be entertainment. It's supposed to be. It's like watching. To me, it's like you know. I guess we could transition here to something I could lose. Mike. Okay, be a good transition. That's the that stuff's all fake, isn't it? <laughs> it's literally the stupidest fucking question on earth. Like
2: any, especially in twenty seventeen, yeah.
1: <laughs> that that stuffs like when somebody finds out I wrestle, that stuffs all fake, right? Like, no, if you're if you're fucking dumb enough to ask me that question, then I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna treat you like a moron and tell you, no, it's completely real, hundred percent real. But the, but then there's the people who still look at it with like a, you know, like down their nose at it, like that stuffs all fake. Yeah, so's fucking Star Wars, dude. So's The Walking Dead. So's Game of Thrones but you still go online and cry about that shit <laughs> like you know back to the future Mike hate to break it to you back to the future's fake bro
2: <laughs> no 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 last last uh, new years we went back in time remember that's right,
1: that's right. for the biffies like that, that that to me is like the like the and i'm sure a lot of wrestling fans will agree like the people who just aren't wrestling fans oh, i don't like it cuz that stuff's all fake of course it is it's a damn television program it's entertainment Who says it's real at this point? Like the 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 consequences of it are real. The the bumps and stuff are are very real. Like the you know, but it's the same as actors or stuntmen go through. Like it's a fake movie, but there's still very real consequences sometimes to stunts and things like of of that nature.
2: Do you think it's something where people were duped for so long that that they tried to keep up this charade for so long of? it being real that when it was finally people finally realized it they were almost bitter towards it and they're kind of
1: upset about it i mean i don't know it's 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 been just openly talked about as entertainment for 30 years now like get over it get on with your life you don't have to like it but at the same time if you like the walking dead i don't have to like that and if and how stupid would i sound if i said to you i don't watch the walking dead that's all that shit's all fake there's zombies aren't real like you know what i mean like think about that like and the person would be like yeah of course not it's a television show yeah so is monday night raw dude <laughs> like but there's
2: just so many weird contradictions with wrestling like we just talked about with people calling each other by their wrestling names like stuff with people on twitter Advancing storylines via tweets, <laughs> it, it just, it, it blurs the lines so much that it's really hard to separate sometimes. We also
1: live in a day and age where it's, you know, I mean, it's the, the just the cutting the Twitter promos and things like that are being a little silly. Oh, what you did to me last night is unforgiven. I'm going to get your next show. Like, the tweets like that to me are just stupid and silly. But, but, like, you know, so I think about what we tried to do in Chaotic with me and Jimmy Preston where... We tried to work the people a little bit because it's hard to work people these days and get them to emotionally jump in, and we wanted to blur the line a little bit, and so we used social media to to blur the line a little bit. Very successfully, I might add. Very successfully, I might add. But he, there was no payoff. Well, no, because he <laughs> decided he didn't want to wrestle anymore, which is too bad because it was it was really good, and people, I think, would have paid to see us pay that off, especially with the, the like the followership that he had, but... I, I like, so I like stuff like that. It's a little overdone at this point. You know, the worked shoot angles they're they're a little too overdone at this point. Now they're just hoard out completely, which happens with everything. <laughs> but,
2: yeah, I mean, you talked about fake that is you know, is this fake? I've heard you throw around the word fake.
1: yeah, I, I mean, I do it tongue in cheek.
2: yeah, because some people get really upset. Some wrestlers get really offended if you say it's fake. No, it's choreographed. People get really get hurt. so it's not fake necessarily. Yeah.
1: It to me, again though, but to me, it's not the use of the word "fake" that gets me. It's the people asking or like the people saying, "That's all fake." Well, yeah, of course it is. It's fantasy. It's it's not meant to be real. It's but just like Star Wars is. Fa- you could say Star Wars is fake. I love Star Wars. So you could say the Mar the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm like that's all fake. That's, oh, no. that's all fake. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs>
2: and going along with that harrison ford really got hurt on the star wars movie yeah so they had to stop production because he really got hurt so
1: still doesn't make the movie any less fake it's not it's not it's fictitious it's not and that's what like the wwe universe is that's what professional wrestling matches are they are they are essentially fake you know what i mean it's it's not you know we're telling a story it's or it's 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 perceived athletic competition with two guys actually working together like it's again my thing is just like the people hating it because it's fake that that's that's the lose it thing i hate it because it's fake well you must hate anything but biographies because 99 <laughs> percent of entertainment is fake including a lot of the boobies mike oh <laughs>
2: if you could touch is it really fake brian <laughs> i don't know
1: <laughs> you'll you'll have to fill me in sometime
2: okay no 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 uh, so touching on what you've kind of talked about here my first official thing that i can lose in professional wrestling miserable fans (laughs) miserable online fans and i guess i'll throw podcasters in here too people that podcast solely to bury the thing that they watch for 10 hours a week (laughs) you see that out there too it's just crazy that
1: on my list too is an incessant We'll throw them together, incessant internet complaining. Yeah, just
2: wrestling Twitter, just going nuts with every single thing that's happening out there, just burying it. And as I said, podcasters who just watch everything just to hate it. And spread their message of negativity all over. <laughs> it's not the New Age Insiders Network. They're a very positive place. Not, not even Mike Mills. Mike Mills was negative, and he did what he should have done. If you don't like it, stop watching it. Stop talking about it. And that's what he's done on Book Booking the Territory. Well, that,
1: that's the thing. The, the funny thing. It, it's it's almost like the um. Remember like, the old thing about like Howard Stern. Like the people who right. who hate him listen twice as long as the people who love them. Yeah, that, that's wrestling. Like. I hate this, but I'm going to watch it way more than people who love it do, just so I can bury it. And it's like, well, how stupid are you? Because if you really wanted, like, if people really wanted things to change in wrestling, they'd stop buying the tickets, they'd stop watching the television program, they'd unsubscribe to the network, and they would just black it out of their lives. You can do that because there's so much wrestling out there. You don't have to consume WWE if you don't like it. You can, you can fill your days with wrestling until your eyeballs bleed and never watch a second of WWE. It's possible.
2: And it's weird because, I mean, I guess they're supplying a service because there are a lot of negative wrestling fans, and these podcasters cater to them, and they... These guys make money off their podcast. Yeah, basically catering to the negative yeah, what we wrestling what population. Are we, doing? we
1: need to we this need to is, get on that train. We're dumb, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think back. You know, it's funny. I'll I'll use the example of myself. But I think when a uh, somebody like shares a review of like one of my matches with me, and they just out of hand just don't even pay attention to anything I do, and they just bury it because I'm a big guy. They don't like they don't like big guys. That's the type of negativity in wrestling. Like everybody's a critic now nobody just watches it to enjoy the program like everyone has a voice that's the difference yeah. well you know and, and it's really not all that different from like some of these popular television shows the walking dead game of thrones Yeah. every fucking episode it's i'm never watching this again how could you do that they should have done x y and z it's like what happened to just like watch and see how the story develops like maybe you're supposed to feel the way you're feeling right now Maybe that was the intended emotion of the performers in this case because you can't always be up. It's supposed to take you on a ride. That's what good storytelling is. Maybe at this very moment, you're supposed to feel dejected, disappointed, defeated. So that way, when something triumphant happens that you love, yay, you know, (laughs) nobody wants to go along for the ride anymore. They just want – well, it's – not to get into deeper things but it's it's a reflection of society as a whole with the instant like the society of instant gratification like that's probably why like books aren't so popular anymore (laughs) like somebody reads the first 200 pages of a 600 page book and the sad thing the sad thing or the bad thing just happened to the hero and they're like oh man this is i don't like the way this is going i'm i'm I'm, I'm not going to see this through i'm done with this book
2: Now, do you think that it's a matter of there was always negativity, but there was no place to display it? There was no place to let your voice be heard like twitter like social media today has there always been this negative voice out there like people back in the day saying all in the family this show stinks i hate archie bunker but there's just no <laughs> there's yelling out their window there's no social media is
1: it something like that i don't know because I'm, i many? maybe i don't know maybe social media has bred more of it though where mm-hmm. you watch these things to critique them rather than watching them to enjoy them like i think about again i'll use myself as an example i think about i watch some of the television shows i watch and i watch the flash and i watched arrow which i really enjoy and for a while i watched uh, legends of tomorrow and gotham and agents of shield those shows i started not to enjoy So, do you know what i did mike what's that i didn't get on the internet and start complaining about them and continue to watch them i just said they don't get my time anymore i'm not entertained by this i'm not going to watch it and you, too, folks can do the very same thing if you're not <laughs> enjoying professional wrestling or not enjoying what WWE is doing. You can not watch it. You can change the channel. Yeah. <laughs> about, you just
2: mentioned Arrow. You're talking about Arrow starring Stephen Amell. He is a Ring of Honor roster member just like yourself.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I, you know what? We probably have about the same affiliation at this <laughs> point. <laughs> Come on, Kingpin.
2: Uh, all right. Uh, let's get back on the positive side of things and i just kind of i mean it's a good transition here talking about the positive pro wrestling community the podcasting community that we've associated with brian that's a good thing that's something that i love about what's going on with pro wrestling these days the positive uh community that we're part of the shills <laughs> exactly <laughs> Now, uh just like of course the new age insiders were part of the new age insiders wrestling network They do what they can to. How much did Neville pay you for that? No, nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm hoping I'll, I'll go to him afterwards and see if he can sub us a couple bucks. But uh, our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, our friends Joe and Quinn, they do a show. I mean, they decided that they don't like the current product, so they're talking about
1: the old stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic too. It's become it's become a must-listen for me. Uh, you know, for we, I had a love-hate relationship at first yes. because of their love-hate relationship with the bigger fellas of wrestling. Yes. Uh, but it's become one of my must-listen-tos now. It's 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 the ones... I, and, and yes, my i listen to ours every week so that just goes out <laughs> saying every time i mention another podcast you like get a little jealous or something <laughs> but that along with along with uh something to wrestle in most weeks what happened when or my my really must listen to podcast
2: and i talked about i mentioned mike mills a book in Booking the territory like i said he is done with the current products so he talks about the old stuff he talks more more of the uh, southern flavor of old school wrestling also greetings from allentown uh, I think you've checked out a couple episodes yeah, of Greece Malletown. I have, yeah. Peter Winston. Really good. Local guy. Uh, he was actually at the last Chaotic Wrestling show. So he missed you because you weren't there. But hopefully someday we
1: can uh, get together with Someday Chaotic Wrestling book me again. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I was going to say. But yeah. Uh, greetings from Allentown. They do a great... You know, you know some people over there now. Give me some bookings. I'll, I'll see what I can do. <laughs>
2: uh, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, as well. I mean, they have they they
1: teeter. You see their Twitter. <laughs> Good lord!
2: <laughs> but I uh, know all overall the community that we've associated with is just it kind of brings everybody up. I yeah, think it's something we love.
1: This is supposed yeah. to be something you enjoy. It's not something that's supposed to cause you misery and <laughs> like you know, <laughs> like, it's, know it's I don't know. Confuses yeah, it's confuses me at times.
2: What else you got there, Kingpin?
1: Love it or lose it. Yeah. So what I, what I like is matches for me that still make me feel like a little kid that brings me back to being eight or nine years old in my living room just being lost in it so i'll give you a couple examples i'll go back just to this past sunday mike brock lesnar versus aj styles i was completely into this matchup like didn't have my phone in my hand one time, the entire match, I was biting on some of the false finishes. Like I loved it. Matches like that. Matches like, I'll go another Brock match. Brock Goldberg uh, from this past year's WrestleMania. That made me feel like a kid again, just watching that match.
2: Oh, I think I was going to say the previous Survivor Series, Goldberg's first appearance where he just beat uh, lesnar in like less than a minute yeah I'm that ex- was something that was like
1: whoa or um am trying to think of, think of some more recent matches because i'm trying to think <laughs> of things from being an adult uh, rock and hogan from wrestlemania uh is it 17 i always I get this so? one wrong i think it's 17 you know the match i'm talking yeah. about that match the feeling you get from watching those matches as an adult that brings you back to being a kid and remembering watching Hulk Hogan slam Andre the Giant, you know, remembering watching the mega powers explode, the matches that bring me back and just get me lost in it. Because it does become tougher once you become a part of this to so sometimes just lose yourself in a match and just get caught up with it and bite on the false finishes so it does get tougher at, at times i think if you've been in into pro wrestling i think uh wrestlemania with brock brock lesnar is pretty awesome if you can't in case anybody nobody has noticed but brock and uh, roman reigns from wrestlemania a couple of years ago that match was fantastic too like I, I just matches like that matches that just bring bring that all back bring that feeling back to being a kid and and really rooting for somebody and really hoping for something and living and dying a little bit as the flow of the match goes.
2: It's funny how you talk about being like not necessarily cynical but just kind of desensitized as yeah. someone that's Jaded. been in the pro wrestling business. Yeah. I I mean just I remember like going to shows and since I kind of was associated with what was going on, you don't want to sell and you don't want people to seeing seeing you sell excitement. <laughs> you know, in public. I mean, in the comfort of your own home here, you can sit there and, and go bananas, but it's it's just a weird thing how you have to, like, kind of watch yourself. So people, people <laughs> call you a Mark, you know what yeah. I mean?
1: I want to I admit something here, Mike, that I've never admitted... Publicly, too. Wow. In my entire life. Okay. Well, not in my entire life, but not publicly. I've, I've never admitted this to the wrestling community. Uh-oh. Um, again, we've, uh, it's been well discussed on today's show and many times that Hulk Hogan is my favorite professional wrestler of all time. Never got to see Hulk Hogan perform until much later in his career. Uh, it was, I believe it was Backlash at the Manchester Arena in Manchester, New Hampshire. That's much later, yes. Yeah, so it was him and, him and Shawn Michaels teaming. And uh, I was already in professional wrestling, on professional wrestling shows, and I went with two of my buddies, and I went crazy for Hulk Hogan. I chanted for Hogan. I went crazy (laughs) during the pose down, and I didn't care one bit that's what you're talking about the yeah trying to you know downplay everything and not sell anything at that moment I didn't care at that moment I was 10 years old again and I loved professional wrestling and I got to actually see my favorite performer live with my own eyes in person for the first time in my life yeah I never got to see Hulk Hogan as a kid he never came to Manchester's JFK Coliseum as a kid and and I never got to go to the garden to see him in Boston so so, for that moment and for the first time admitting it publicly, I didn't care. I didn't care who saw me. I didn't care what it would have meant. I just wanted to have a good time, enjoy myself, and see my favorite of all time perform. And you tore off that t-shirt, right? <laughs> I got kicked out of the arena for it. But <laughs>
2: <laughs> Something else that's positive, uh, something else that I love about pro wrestling. How about the access to any and all pro wrestling footage that you can get these days?
1: Yeah, it's all right there for you, served on a platter. Yeah,
2: I mean, back in the day, it was... nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before the WWE Network, you had to go with, like, tape trading. If you wanted to see, like, USWA, if you wanted to see, you know, stuff from... Portland, from you know the Pacific Northwest, you had to find a a tape trader. You had to go, you know, look up these lists that are on the in the back of the magazines and say, "Hey, I want to get that tape," and they'd send you a VHS cassette. You would put it in and watch like three hours of
1: pro wrestling. I, I never got into that. <laughs> I did a little bit, I mean,
2: but this was like later. This is like in the in the nineties. I would get like OVW stuff and stuff from. Uh, like the developmental territories wwf i want to see that stuff uh, some memphis stuff as well when they were a developmental i l- always loved seeing the the guys that have yet to come up the developmental wwf talents that was a big thing for me so i would do that stuff but
1: wait a minute here hold on hold on huh? let's hold the bye i know we're uh-oh. on a positive thing here but so you'd love to see the prospects of who's coming up for wwe yet you're the same guy who gives me shit about me getting excited about the NFL draft and the prospects that are coming into the NFL and being excited about them. Well, if you
2: watch them play, but not just to see them come out to a
1: podium and say, "Hi, how are you?" Put a hat on. Well, they discuss these fellows and show you clips of them when they do this. Mike, I don't know if you ever watch a draft on TV, but continue, continue. I don't want to ruin your positivity with negativity. No, but. you want to, you want to see the
2: promos, <laughs> you want to see the matches, you want to see them do their thing. If you were a big college sports fan, I could understand, but you I not. become a
1: fan when they start to come into the NFL. I want to see what they're coming in. Oh, my goodness. All right. Yeah.
2: Let's stay positive, <laughs> Brian. But yeah, beyond the WWE Network, even. You I'm, got... I'm positive you're a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Beyond like the WWE Network, you got YouTube as well. Just, you can find footage all over the place. They got all these different uh, subscription services. Powerbomb.tv. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah Powerbomb.tv.
1: Beyond Wrestling had their own. Chaotic has their own. I feel like every indie promotion has some sort of distribution. There's a high spots wrestling network. There's different ones on like Roku and Yeah, there's there's plenty of wrestling out there for you. Ring of Honors has the, starting has the one up, insider. Right? Well they they have I mean they have the insider right now where that has tons of archived footage on it. And
2: they're gonna be doing a streaming service right, at yeah. some point
1: soon. So yeah, there's plenty of it. Uh, does TNA have like a loosely have one idea? Yeah, think, too? I think it's like global yeah. wrestling internet something or other. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's plenty of there's plenty of wrestling out there to consume. So yeah, if
2: you're negative on the WWE product, there is so much else out there that you can get into.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: And on the other end of things, though, Kingpin, something that I could stand to lose, just it's kind of funny just to say this right after we're talking about how much wrestling is out there. Just the overabundance of wrestling that's out there
1: <laughs>
2: it kind of it drags you down. There's just all this content that's overwhelming.
1: I'll take it even like a step further, and that's and it's it's something that's on my list. So we can kind of tie them together here, and that's like the length of like some of these pay per views, and not just WWE. Like Wrestle Kingdom last year, we watched, and what was that like five and a half hours or something crazy like that? It's too goddamn long. Like there was kind of an old saying: not just wrestling, but entertainment, leave them wanting more. And a lot of times, the prevailing thought in wrestling is. Leave them full and bloated and not wanting to see wrestling again for a month. <laughs> like, it's just like, I mean, WrestleMania is seven hours when you count the pre-show. Uh, when you count the pre-show, Survivor Series was like five or six hours. Like, holy moly. Like, we, we talked a lot about... NXT and why are all all the NXT, even with the lesser star power uh, on the NXT shows, they're still very good shows. Why is that? It's two and a half hours. It's concise. It's hard hitting action. It's nonstop. It's quick hitting. Um, There's no lulls in the show. There's no 30 minutes of backstage segments to drag the flow of the show down. Like it's just, to me, yeah. So again, taking your thing, taking it a step further. Yeah, there there is this overabundance, especially if you want to follow like WWE for example. Like and you wanna follow everything WWE does, you got three <laughs> hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, two hours of NXT, plus you know, fifteen pay per views a year. It's a part time job. I can't watch all that. i got I got, I got kids, I got to work, I got yeah, I got school, I got Keith Slater, you got yeah, kids. Yeah, I got things to do in my life besides sit down and watch wrestling
2: i mean they talk about they tout that they've made the most money they ever have this past quarter but it's a smaller fan base than it's been and they're just sucking them dry and you have to think that there that there's a burnout factor there that they are just killing these people with wrestling content i see there's going to be possibly a facebook exclusive wrestling show coming up for wwe
1: goodness well, it, it's, it's the overexposure. So you think about – we kind of go back to the 80s. It all ties back to the 80s, Mike. But, you, <laughs> but you, when you think about Hulk Hogan, you didn't, and, and people get mad about Brock Lesnar being the champion and not being on TV all the time and not being on every pay-per-view. and But Brock Lesnar, every time he comes back, garners an enormous reaction, and his matches are great, and people pay to see him. And why is that? Is because he's not overexposed. Yep. Hulk Hogan was not on TV – every week in the 80s
2: promos here and there but never wrestled on yeah you want to if you
1: wanted to, yeah the thought of you want to okay you want to see hulk hogan wrestle you're gonna pay for it you're not getting it on free tv you either gonna go to a house show or you're gonna buy it on pay-per-view but now if i want to see john cena wrestle if i want to see roman reigns wrestle if i want to see seth rollins I just flip on the free tv and they're there I can watch them anytime on the WWE network they, 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 there's just this which you got you got to pay for. So, but just the, on free TV though, I can watch these guys wrestle every single week and usually they're wrestling in some form, the guy they're wrestling on the pay-per-view. Like so, somewhere along the line, not to say I can book things better or whatever, but I I'll do some fantasy booking right now. Just no, do some fantasy now. No? But I, but I understand the theory of of theory of diminishing returns. If I've seen these guys wrestle a million times. Like, why am I going to buy the pay-per-view to watch them Russell for the million and once time you know million and first time like
2: it's funny that people you see complaining about Brock Lesnar they're obviously people that grew up like with the attitude era where everything is being thrown at you all at once every
1: week is this and and guy you're seeing guys every week and I've liked recently with I mean Roman Reigns absence was illness but like I've seen here here and there they'll leave a guy off a show for a week or two like Braun Strowman was off for a week or two or like I, I like that like Again, it's again, again, uh, just Brock Lesnar as the example. Like, whenever he's on TV, it's special. Like, it's 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 an attraction. It's like, oh man, I can't miss Raw tonight. Brock's going to be there. But Brock also doesn't wrestle on on free TV. So if I want to watch Brock wrestle, I got to buy the WWE Network. And, and that's why Brock Lesnar is so damn special at this point. That's why the Undertaker is special at this point. <laughs> Only
2: <you know? laughs> once a year. I mean, come on. Let me get into something that's more a backstage kind of thing. Let's talk about handshakes. Oh, boy. I can lose it. (laughs) I can lose having to shake everyone's hand when I walk into a building to perform on a wrestling show.
1: I've already lost it, buddy.
2: (laughs) In your mind, it's It's, already gone?
1: It's liberating. (laughs) Well, I mean,
2: someone like you, like an elder statesman as yourself, can afford, in a place that you're already known to be a little more lax with that. But if you're walking into a building for the first time, first time working for the promotion, you're shaking everyone's hand. You don't know anybody. So you're shaking like the grip's hand. You're shaking the cameraman's hand, everybody on the way in. And that's something that uh, not only is it possibly unsanitary, but oh, it's very time consuming. Uh, yeah, I, sanitary. <laughs> I have been with Jamie for the past few <laughs> weeks on the For
1: the Pops podcast. Oh boy, you're bathing in Purell too, and gonna have no immune system <laughs> left. No, no.
2: But it's just it, it's a passe, I think tradition in my book.
1: It's fake and forced too. It's not. Right. Gen, it's not genuine. You right. Know? I don't know. Yeah, I, I I get you, and I I, I get what it stems from, and I get the respect factor, but I also get the. I mean, you can just show respect by being a good person and like, hey, when you happen to run into somebody, hey, man, good to see you, like, you know, seeking out everybody in the building. Like, eh. You know what I noticed? I've done some
2: work for the NBA recently, and everyone there, it's fist bumps. It's basically—it's just like it's wrestling except you, you go around and fist bump people. <laughs>
1: that's that's better to me. That sounds better, doesn't it? Oh, is it really about the sanitary nature of shaking people's hands? Is this what you've come to in your forty-something years of life?
2: I think it. No, I think it's more just the like, like the, the reason task.
1: the reason why. Yeah, that's that's a, has nothing to do with the sanitary. Like I don't give a crap. I'll shake somebody's hand. I don't. I can just go wash my hands afterwards. Like that that to me is nonsense. If you're not going around not shaking hands because of you're some weird germaphobe, I'm sorry. That's silly. You, you'd live... Yeah, you know, that's silly.
2: But if you were to walk... Like, when you walked into ROH, you're not a mainstay there. Not yet, anyway. So when you walk in there, you're making a point to go and shake everyone's hand, right?
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> um, when I bump into people. I'm okay. not I'm not searching the locker room for people, no. I'm, okay. I'm, as I bump into people, I'll say hello. But that's no different than anywhere. I, I, I don't treat it any differently. I'm not going to seek out the young bucks to shake their hand just so they... <laughs> The, who's this fat guy?
2: <laughs> well, you know they had a problem before with Booker Do you think maybe that they're uh, keeping you out of ROH because you didn't sneak <laughs> them out and shake their hand?
1: I don't think the Young Bucks are aware of who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh, I, no, I, I, I don't, Mike. I don't i don't go out of my way because one i don't want to be a bother to people like people are busy but as i encounter people throughout the day it's hey how you doing good to see you like but i'm not no when i get there i don't put my bags down and and circle the building
2: roh also you're going it's usually it's tv days so people in all these different locations recording stuff filming putting together matches so yeah yeah there's no big place where they're all kind of congregated
1: even still though I, i mean again it's as you see people I, I don't think there's anything wrong with like uh, no matter who you are like you know but at the same time you, you if you do run into somebody you shouldn't just say hello to I'll say hello to this guy because he's the booker or this guy because he's important here this guy because he's I'll say hi to Cody Rhodes because he's a champ but I'm not gonna say hi to you know. This other guy who just is new to the roster, you know, it's. I, I when I come in the building, yeah, I, do I shake? Do I shake production people's hands? or say, hey, hello. Yeah, as I run into people, absolutely, absolutely. But I also don't go seek everybody out and make sure I've shaken everybody's hand who's even loosely associated with the show beforehand. I don't do that. Well, excuse me. No, uh- <laughs> no, no. But nor do I feel like I have to, and nor do I feel like anybody feels it's disrespectful if I, as I encountered people, didn't shake their hand or was. Only shaking quote unquote the important people's hands, then I think I would, I think people would have a problem with that. But so is that your thing? You think it's like a change in the wrestling culture? I think it started to change in the wrestling culture, but may, I don't know. Maybe it's just my thing. I haven't been around <laughs> a
2: couple of years though, but
1: I know it more from like the younger guys still going around, like, oh, hey, like, you know.
2: Yeah. So what else do you love or what else can you lose when oh. it comes to pro wrestling, Kingpin Well, you, you took it behind
1: the curtain a little bit, so I'll, I'll take it behind the curtain a little bit. Um, I guess it's not behind the curtain. I guess it's out in front of the curtain, but it's the interacting with the fans, meeting somebody who is genuinely excited to meet me. Like to me that's still and and again, I don't, I don't pretend to be this guy that is internationally known where people, you know, I don't pretend to be this top guy in the pro wrestling business, but it's still very humbling to me that anybody gets excited to meet me, that anybody buys my shirt or 8 by 10 and wants to spend their hard-earned money on that for me anybody wants to take a picture with me because they think I'm anything special that stuff to me is so humbling and rewarding especially the interacting with the kids um, I'm sure when it happens to me, it'll be, I'll be helping <laughs> as well. Um, the, <laughs> I just
2: got Steven yelling at me. That's
1: what I get. <laughs> but, the, but those experiences, like especially with the kids, like especially with the children and also the opportunity to meet kids who, are, who, who have disabilities or, or sick or things of that nature, like bring a smile to people's faces just because of your presence and because they see you do this thing that you love and for some reason they think you're special because of it like that to me is is humbling and rewarding and for for me and i'm sure a lot of guys it's what keeps you doing it. it what it's why it's why you love to do it bringing smiles to people's faces and i genuinely enjoy that aspect of it um yeah it's it's amazing to me it's still amazing to me when people are made i don't know like if somebody somebody sent me recently uh, it's kind of weird he got my address some dude from germany sent me a bunch of stuff to sign and like to me this dude he came spent, to your house no no he mailed it to my house <laughs> which is a little <laughs> which is a little weird <laughs> but i don't know how he got my address but the fact that he took the time spent the money you know and sent the re- return envelope too that that's amazing to me that can't be cheap like you know so that's stuff like that is it's 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 pretty cool and again humbling and rewarding all all at the uh all at the same time
2: well i hate to go from that to something negative but you're gonna
1: do it anyways <laughs> <laughs>
2: how about kicking out of finishes <laughs> kicking out of finishes What's finisher yeah exactly it's just everything is kicked out of these days it started like with wrestlemania someone would kick out of like the Tombstone. And it's become where John Cena has to hit five attitude adjustments to win.
1: This guy only lost to one F five?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's his finisher. And uh when it relates to independent wrestling,
1: what's that? I just think I think back to a time where I was booking chaotic wrestling. I don't know if I've told this story before and we were trying to protect somebody's finisher and I said if if you hit this in, in a match, that's it. Nobody can kick out of this. I, I didn't mingle too much in trying to dictate matches, but for this particular person it was you hit your finish, that's it. Nobody kicks out of your finish. I want to really protect your finish. So when ultimately we do have somebody kick out of it, it's like, holy shit, like you know, somebody actually kicked out of this. And he's putting a match together with another fella and they get upset because I won't allow him to kick out of This guy's move. What else am I gonna do then? I I don't know what else to do if I can't kick out of his finish. And I said, literally anything else in the world, you can kick out of anything else in the world, except that one move. And that still wasn't good enough for him. He had to kick out of that move. Like so, to me, that's the but that's the prevalent you know wrestling brain. Like now, that's the wrestling theory now, but it just was mind blowing literally you can you can kick out of fucking anything anything that you want to kick out of you think of it and you can kick out of it except for this one thing so <laughs> <laughs> it's like you,
2: you can tell a kid you know eat anything you want just don't eat that cookie
1: yeah And all they want is that cookie. All they want is that cookie. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, the person I told this to, and they they may or may not listen to this episode, does have a childlike wonderment about them.
2: (laughs) I think I might know where you're going I like this person. Right.
1: I like this person, but it was just a very frustrating and stupid thing.
2: Yeah. And (laughs) as you mentioned, everything kind of trickles down. I talked about it starts like WrestleMania. People kick out of finishers. But in in the independents, it's... Yeah, it's it's prevalent today, very prevalent.
1: Yeah, I I, I mean, I really do try. I, I try to I try to protect it. Recently, I've let a couple of people kick out of my finish, but there, what? there were situations where like my job was in, in you know was to really put this person over and like, I mean, it's, it's on an independent level, but get them ready to go feud with the champion. And I said, well, I'll, you kick out of my finish, and they were actually genuinely surprised because I don't let people kick out of my finish usually, just because I want it to be my finish. Right. <laughs> like I wanted to when I hit it. I want people to know the match is over.
2: Brian, we've been talking a while about loving it or losing it. Maybe we'll get one more. Do uh, you want to go positive or do you want to go negative?
1: I go negative, Mike, because oh, okay. we've talked so much positive here. Like <laughs> we really have, and it'll lead to us maybe having a talk about something positive. But okay. the, the lack of great managers. Oh, all right. In professional wrestling is something I can leave. I, I miss the days of. I don't think everybody needs a manager, but. I miss the days of having Bobby the Brain Heenan, Jimmy Hart, Slick, Classy Freddie Blassie. Like, I miss the days of these guys. The only one right now to me, at least on the WWE level, is Paul Heyman, and he's fantastic at it. But the art of it has been lost because WWE eliminated it for so long, nobody, nobody wanted to do it. But I think back to some of the guys we've worked with on our level, and one guy that comes to mind that still currently does it is Joey Eastman. Who, who also uh, has an alter ego, uh, Sidney Bacabella. He does. <laughs> um, but he you know he has worked on the art of, of the professional wrestling manager. And then another guy, another popular guy amongst I think uh, our group of friends and, and people who have seen him is Sean Gorman, somebody who again, cared about like the art craft of being a good manager and, uh, and what that role meant to people he was with. And it's gone. It's 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 lost. It's I don't I don't know who the next great one is coming behind Paul Heyman. You know, there's nobody that comes to mind at, at least off the top of my head. I'm sure I'm missing somebody out there that you're that you might spring on me here. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think the lack of great wrestling managers is something I could I could lose.
2: It's funny because they're wrestlers that can't talk, and if they can't talk, they're basically written off oh he'll be like a mid-card guy but they're paying (laughs) Brock Lesnar so much money yeah and he wasn't holding up his end in promos back and forth with guys like John Cena that they decided they had to get him Paul Heyman. They had to bring Paul Heyman back. There was, I think they split under not great circumstances, Paul Heyman and WWE, but they said, we have to justify the amount of money we spent to get Brock Lesnar, and we need the promos, and so we have to bring Paul Heyman back. Yeah. And otherwise, if they weren't paying Brock what they're paying him, they'd just be like, oh, he's just a guy that wrestles every now and then and has matches but they had to have someone talk for him because it was necessary and they haven't been put in the position to uh, it's been so long like you said since there's been a a wrestling manager that talked for his wrestlers and brought them up that other than that circumstance there's not a a need for it in their minds
1: yeah i mean think about um, think about like if bobby the brain heenan was around today and was like the manager of braun stroman how fantastic would that be because braun is certainly not the best promo man in, in professional wrestling. No. But could you imagine, again, a Jimmy Hart or a Bobby the Brain Heenan or a Freddie Blassie with Braun Strowman and how much that would elevate that person? Like, okay. oh my God. Like, the wrestling managers elevate, elevate. And again, WWE probably overkilled it a little bit because every heel needed to have a manager. You know, which yeah, you know, I don't necessarily think is true. Uh, you know, I, I I recently give you a peek behind the curtain. I recently uh, did something in Beyond with Cam Zagami, means Cam Zagami are, are a pairing there now, and I told him, which he didn't listen to me, <laughs> um, but I told him that while I'm beating up the the fellows we were going after like I was like watch a clip of Jimmy Hart and the way he used to jump around the ring when his guys were like beating the holy hell out of somebody like they had numbers and they were doing a number on somebody and just the Jim, Jimmy Hart the way he would just jump around the ring like out of his mind like little stuff like that's just amazing and how that wouldn't and how uh, you're 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 incensed because the Hart foundation is beating the hell out of uh, the British Bulldogs you know and Jimmy Hart is making it even worse. Because because he is jubilant jumping around and like <laughs> those those types of things that just enhance what what's going on and that is completely lost today and i miss it.
2: Another thing about a manager that gives instant credibility to someone coming into a territory. Yeah. If on day 1 someone shows up i think you know the brainbusters tully blanchard and Aaron anderson came over from the nwa Who you hated you yeah. hated <laughs> i didn't like the tag team name but <laughs> day one they showed up they were established in bobby heenan's family bobby heenan introduced them that gives them instant credibility in wwf and exactly. that, that's yeah. something that you don't get today guys have to kind of make their own way if if someone like paul heyman says you know next week says here i am i am the manager of drew mcintyre and introduced him. He's automatically got credibility because Paul Heyman, the, you know, the guy behind Brock Lesnar, endorsed him. And that's something that would give Drew McIntyre
1: instant credibility. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree more.
2: Let me just get one more in, Brian. All right. And we'll end on a positive note. All right. Let's end on a positive note. How about the fact these days that there are people, we've talked about this, people living off the independents. People making money and feeding their families and you know keeping a roof over the heads solely based on being an independent wrestler
1: yeah it's it's come a long way Mike it's even trickling down a, l- a little more i don't I don't feed my family on professional wrestling, but I don't lose money on professional wrestling anymore and that's that's nice i, I
2: people don't understand that that a lot yeah. of times you're losing money when you go out for a weekend and just you know in gas you're you're losing everything you made <sighs>
1: i did for like Thirteen years, I didn't make money in professional wrestling. I spent more between gear and boots and traveling and food or whatever. I spent I spent far more than I you know than I made.
2: And things like pro wrestling tees, where you can get the curtain checker T shirt I'm wearing right Ooh, now. Nice plug. Yes, uh, I mean they are being able to supplement pro wrestlers' incomes with their T shirt sales, and it's. It's amazing. People are getting flown all over the world Yeah, doing independent wrestling. It's a
1: wonderful thing, and uh, it's a hard lifestyle. It's You have to hustle. These guys um, are hustling and, and working their ass off uh, to do it. I, I, I'm i in a position where I don't want to do that. I don't have the desire to do that. That's just not in the cards for me right now, but it's I'm glad there are people out there that can do that. and uh, It's a good thing for everybody because when the top level starts to raise up, it does filter down, and everybody benefits from it.
2: And that's what I love about pro wrestling. That's what you love, too, about pro wrestling these days. And that's love it or lose it. And you let us know out there. We want your feedback. Every week, we do something called Merv Griffin Time. That is a talkback segment where we interact with you, the listener. So tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode. What do you love? What would you lose when it comes to pro wrestling? Use the hashtag WPAN. We'll mention you and your tweets later this week because every Thursday it's an all new, all different episode of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing on BDA Radio. Now you can vote at the WPAN on Twitter Monday nights to decide what we discuss on the show each week and you never know what else will come up so be sure to seek us out each and every week also go to the feed you can download past episodes of this very podcast right here as they come off the New Age Insiders feed they get added over on the wrestling podcast about nothing feed find it on your favorite podcast platform or at bdaradio.com but that's another show A way you can interact with us right here on the New Age Insiders wrestling network every week is through our voicemail line now we want to hear from you get your voicemails in we will play them on the podcast call 401-584-9726 and kingpin we get a voicemail this week all right here we go how you doing guys this
0: is randall Keo at randall Keo on twitter kingpin just want to wish you a happy birthday the greatest wrestler in new england it's always good you're looking great keep up the
2: great work and hope you have a great birthday so have a good one guys bye Oh, yeah, it was your birthday, wasn't it, Brian? <laughs>
1: it was. Wow, th- that message was uh, greatly different than the messages you received.
2: Yeah, I think I got one from Randall as well that wasn't quite as kind. Huh, the greatest wrestler, you're looking great, all these great, great, <laughs> great things. It wasn't the same when it came to your pal Croc Sox, was it?
1: No, Mike, no, it wasn't.
2: Well, uh, yes, you did have a birthday this past week, and I I guess I wanted to spare you the negative voicemails, so I didn't put a call out, but I I guess Randall (laughs) tried to get his in there and tried to prove me wrong. (laughs) So thanks for that, Randall. Uh, Anyway... We appreciate all your contributions to the podcast. Call now. Become a part of the wrestling podcast about nothing. The number, once again, 401-584-9726. Okay, KankPan, it's time for your promo about nothing. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Bill Duckin' Apter? Okay. Don't look at me like that. That's what it would be with autocorrect. You ever try to put it in and it comes out duck? (laughs) Yep. Anyway, we all read the Mags when we were growing up. The the Mags, right?
1: Don't call them the Mags.
2: Okay. We all read them when we were getting into wrestling, but you know where the kids go now for their info, Brian? The interwebs? BDA Radio, the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. No one illustrates pro wrestling better than the boys at BDARadio.com. I see
1: what you did there. You
2: like that? I do. All right. It is promo about nothing time, Brian. The year? 1985. I love the 80s. You sure do. And this, well, you weren't really an AWA fan, were you, Brian?
1: Uh, I had AWA action figures, Mike. But you didn't watch the product? I'm sure I did, man. I consumed a lot of wrestling. I wouldn't say I was a religious watcher of it.
2: Well, uh, speaking of consuming Ryan, let's talk turkey. This time out, we have Ken Resnick, and he is being joined by Hawk and Animal, the Road Warriors. This week's promo about nothing.
0: Animal and Hawk, the Road Warriors. And they stunned the entire world of professional wrestling. And you fans have seen it week in and week out. The antics, the tactics of Boris Zukov and Chris Markov. It came to pass. Precious Paul Ellering, Animal and Hawk, said they've had enough. Like them or not, they are very proud of their heritage of being Americans. And they... Shut up! Winnipeg! You know us! We always do what we say we're going to do. We said we have beat up the headings. We beat them up. Where are they? We said we beat up Greg Gagne and Jerry Blackwell and Jim Brunzel. Where's Brunzel to stick at WWF, which ain't nothing? Now, Freebirds, you tried to cheat us out of the belt. Where are you? You're not even in the AWA anymore. Now, what we say we're going to do, we get done. And in a little bit, you're going to see what we do of Bar Zukov and Chris Markov. For all you people in Winnipeg that couldn't breathe the cold, there wasn't too many of them. There weren't too many seats left. You didn't see us beat up the Russians. Well, now you're going to luck out. Hold on here a second. I'm, uh, I'm kind of hungry. I'm going to get something to eat. Cover for me for a while. All right. Well, I have no idea just exactly what the hawk is. Now, wait. I'll tell you what. When I get to thinking about Russians, I get hungry. And I think about eating things just like we ate them up. It's like we're gonna eat everybody up in Winnipeg. I'm telling you something, people. He's a rotten turkey, man. The rotten, the rotten. Uh, (laughs) You know something? I bet your Russians don't even taste that good. They're quite, (laughs) ah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, absolutely unbelievable animal and hock the road warriors, almost speechless with what they intend to do to Portisuko. We know what we can do and throw the people of Winnipeg, and we're going to do it, every <laughs> You know what's so funny, Ken Resnick? My brother Hawk and I, we can't keep straight faces because you're stinking, stinking Russians around here saying how superior they are. How can you be superior? We're in our country. You don't know we've had to go-through, so you ain't nothing. You don't come over here and tell us how superior you are. You've never had a fight, kick and scratch, for anything you have to work for. you have had some moron president telling you what to do. Ladies and gentlemen, going to the ring now. Animal and the Hawk the Road Warriors to take on. Boris Zukov and Chris Markov, the Russians.
2: Hawk just couldn't keep it together. That didn't
1: make air, did it? It did. That made air? Yes. That wasn't an outtake. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the AWA no longer with us?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk about first the setting for this promo. You think about the Road Warriors, hawking animal. You think they'd be in like on the streets somewhere, like among garbage, like what's where they found Rocco, right? So you think they'd be on the streets. They're in like a nice apartment, it looks like. There's like a door in front of them. There's the, the you know, the, uh, it looks the like your smoke apartment. detector. <laughs> oh, kind of. It's a really odd setting for a promo with guys in a dog collar. <laughs> and leather-studded stuff. Boy, how much of a fucking house was animal? <laughs> he was a big boy. Got to be 300 pounds there. He was a big boy. And the Russians, in this case, are Boris Sukov and Chris Markov, hmm. who would probably make our list of bad Russians with Korchenko uh, at the head of the pack. <laughs> but Chris Markov, his name is Chris. Doesn't sound like a great Russian to me. Yeah. I don't no any <laughs> Russian's named Chris. <laughs> no. Uh, so this turkey that came into play here, we, right right after the Thanksgiving <laughs> holiday. Rotten, rotten turkey. <laughs> he said it, he, he came into frame. We're holding a turkey leg, taking a big bite out of it and saying this turkey's rotten. And I think Ken Resnick broke up and that broke Hawk up and then Animal got broke up. So yes, they're all laughing and having That's a good what time. That's made me think this was an outtake. Nope. This was on the air. Holy shit. <laughs> so- of. mean, professional wrestling show
1: and you got the road warriors laughing on tv (laughs) like there's
2: no take two when it comes to pro wrestling in the 80s
1: brian uh, apparently not like you couldn't just say all right we got to start this over it's clearly not live like yeah like why why could you not
2: They're in Ken Rizik's apartment for crying out loud. <laughs> it's
1: just and the Hawk come back at the end, the very last thing where he just walks off because he can't finish what he's saying. <laughs>
2: yeah, he walks in and like just laughs and walks right back <laughs> off again. He just can't save it. He's so can't get it together.
1: Tarzan Taylor would be losing his mind watching this because there's so many walk-offs <laughs> in this in this promo. There's like eight walk-offs. <laughs>
2: You have to go and check out the video. If you want to see this video, get the full picture. Find the link to the video in the description of this episode on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. you got to see this one. This actually aired on television. And uh, Brian's not going to be on television, but he is coming to an arena near you. He's hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, playing his trade
1: as a pro wrestler. And what do you got for dates? you got quite a few here. It's going to be a busy month of December, Mike, wow. which is rare for independent wrestling but hey here i am so december 2nd saturday night i'll be heading back to your old stomping grounds mike hadley massachusetts i feel like i spend more time in western mass these days than i do anywhere else in the world it's a nice Uh, place pioneer valley pro wrestling Find Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling on uh, all social media platforms for ticket and card information. Then the following week, I'll be returning to Lowell, Massachusetts. Mike. chaotic wrestling is coming back to Lowell, Massachusetts. The PAV? Uh, no, it's not the PAV, Mike. Because that's a church right now. <laughs> not the PAV. It's called the Game Time Sports and Fitness Center. 1703 Middlesex Street in Lowell but yeah Chaotic Wrestling coming back to Lowell and of course the Kingpin will be go to chaoticwrestling.com and find them on social media platforms for full card and ticket information the very next night I'll be heading to Groton, Connecticut for Constitution State Wrestling. Wow, that's a new one yeah yeah amazing so find uh constitution state wrestling on facebook Uh, i know they're pretty active on facebook for ticket and card information come out to the great state of connecticut to see the kingpin then the next day mike busy weekend i'll be heading to melrose massachusetts for beyond wrestling's cold brew they're looking to set a record here they want to set the the beyond attendance record let's get out and see this show great show it's a double header with evolve beyond wrestling starts at 2 p.m great venue great sight lines yes absolutely just outside the city uh what more could you ask for go to beyond for ticket information get your tickets in advance for that one uh let's see what else do we got here mike uh Nothing the 24th. we got Christmas coming up. But after Christmas, Mike. Yes. The 29th of December, Top Row Promotions, the PAL Hall, Fall River, Massachusetts. It's the Spindle City Rumble. Yours truly will be in it. I'll be looking to win that. Go to brownpapertickets.com and find Top Row Promotion on all social media platforms. Well, you got one Rumble win this year. Let's make it
2: two before the year's up. And
1: then, Mike, believe it or not, one more (laughs) show in the year of 2017 after that. I won't be spending New Year's Eve with you, or I won't be spending New Year's Eve with the Playboy. I won't be spending New Year's Eve with my family this year, Mike. (laughs) I'll be spending it with a family of sorts, my Beyond Wrestling family. That's right. Beyond Wrestling returns to the Electric Haze in Worcester, Massachusetts for a special New Year's Eve show. It starts at 9 p.m. That's great. And I'll be taking part of it. So uh, yeah, come spend New Year's Eve with a crazy bunch of wrestlers. Let's all get drunk together and have a good time. That sounds like a party. Beyond wrestlingonline.com for ticket and full card information. Well,
2: I don't know if you want any more dates, Kingpin. I
1: can't I I, I can't take any more dates in 2017. Well, if you <laughs> want to
2: book him for 2018. I also
1: should mention the most one of the most important dates on my December calendar, Mike. Yes. It's not it's not my son's birthday. Mm-hmm. It's not the birthday of Jesus Christ. Hulk Hogan's December fifteenth, oh. the last Jedi. Really? Huh? All right. Uh, circle that one on your calendars. <laughs> I got my tickets for IMAX already. I've had really? Them for, I've had them for a month and a half.
2: Wow. You didn't figure me into that? Yeah, just like you do with me with the Marvel movies these, these days. All right. Well, book the Kingpin coming up in 2018. Email Brian Malonis at Comcast.net, or you can DM him on Twitter At Brian Malonis putting over podcasts. That is our Facebook group. We're bringing together podcast listeners and pro wrestling podcasters. So everyone over there is talking about their favorite wrestling talk. Just search putting over podcasts on Facebook and join us over there. Booking the territory. We talked about them earlier. Two shows a week, Thursday and Sunday is the Smoky Mountain Shows. MikeMills.Podbean.com for more on that. And our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe and Quinn. They do it every Monday, so look them up on all podcasting apps. And the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart and a cast of thousands. Rundown Wrestling Podcast, everywhere you can get your podcasts. And of course... We hope you continue to listen to the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network all week long for DC and Doc Talk, Rant with Ant, the Shattered Glass cast, and, of course, the New Age Insiders themselves, all here on the NAI Wrestling Network. Make sure you subscribe today. And we are back on Thursday with the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDA radio. Just search WPAN on your favorite podcatcher or you can go to bdaradio.com to find us. Then join us next Monday here for the WPAN on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network that is episode 85. Till then, he is the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, I'm Mike Crockett, big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.